0: 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, and I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, there should be one in front of you in the, in the pew, and uh, you can follow along. Don't take a preacher's word for it. Read oh, the God. Bible. Amen, brother. Don't take a preacher's word for it. Open up a Bible. Find out for yourself. You're trusting your whole soul on this book, and you better know this book then. You better find out what God really has to say, because you know what? The world will deceive you. The devil will deceive you. Preachers will lie to you. Amen, they'll lie to you. <laughs> yeah, they will. I'll lie to you. I'm just a man. But the Word of God's not going to lie to you. So I encourage you to open up the Bible. Follow along as best we can this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or, and this is Paul's writing, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And I want to preach this morning that you are a living, walking book. You are a living, walking book that every man is reading. So what Paul's saying here is saying there in verse 1, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we as some others, or epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? He said, are we walking around and having to hand a letter everywhere we go, or are you having to hand us a letter of what you're doing or what I'm doing? No, what we're doing is we're living that life. You're, nobody comes to you and says, uh, and says, well, are they a good Christian? Well, let me write you a letter and show you what else. No, they say, I can see if they're a good Christian or I cannot see that they're a good Christian. People are reading you every day. And as a living book, look at verse uh, 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us. As a living book, guys, you have an author. And your author is Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches us that you, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to dwell in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And as, you, as Christ is dwelling in you through the Holy Spirit, He's working out of you and He's working through you. And you know what's happening in your life? You, if you like it or not, people are reading you. Amen. They're reading you. But that author of you, the author of your life should be Jesus Christ. Don't let it be the world. Don't let the world be the author of your life. And I see this with, you see this with young people, young teenagers. They let the world control what they think. They let the world tell them how to talk. Let the world tell them how to think. Let the world tell them how to walk, how to dress, how to do everything, how to live their life. They let the world, through music, through uh, movies, through uh, video games, through every aspect of life, the world is telling them how to think, how to walk, how to talk. And it should not be that way. They, they, they shouldn't let the world author their life. They should let the Lord Jesus Christ be the author of their life. And if you're a living book, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm a big book lover. I know Sister Holly's a big book lover, too. If you come over to my house, uh, me and Jake were hanging out yesterday, and it's just my house is full of books. Everywhere, every room you go in has got books, including the bathroom. It's just ridiculous, you know. Every closet's got books in it. It's ridiculous. And there's one thing about books I love about books, and I'll show you. This is the, what I love about books, I'm, I, and I'm going to confess something to you this morning. And I know that y'all are going to laugh at me, especially Brother Raymond. I'm the biggest book sniffer you ever met. Mmm. I love to sniff a good book. Is there any other book sniffers out there? Oh, yeah, amen. We got a testimony. We got a testimony. Mmm. And I grew up up for 10 years working in a printing industry and working in a press, and I know the smell of ink and the smell of paper and what's making that smell. And I just love, especially older books, mmm. I love... But don't take that wrong. I'm not a people sniffer, you know. (laughs) But I love a good book. And God's writing a story of your life through you, and you're a living book. You're a living, walking book, guys. And as every book, we know every book has, every book has a cover. Every book has a cover. And we know the world tells us, and there's a lot of truth in it. Don't judge a book by its cover. And that's a lot of truth in that. Because you see uh, some of the most godly powerful Christians I've met are some of the most meek and humble people. Little bitty old guys, you know, very meek, little ladies, very meek and everything, but powerful for God. Some of the most powerful Christians, very, very meek, very, very humble. And you can judge, you can look at them and say, well, they're nobody. Look at them, you know, they don't dress very fancy, they don't have very fancy clothes, but they're powerful for God. They're very powerful for God. And we tend to judge people by the book on its cover, and we shouldn't be doing that. Don't be like the world, the world says, uh, the world makes a mistake of of thinking kindness is weakness. That's what the world thinks. The world has a mistake that they think kindness is a sign of weakness. And it's not. Kindness is power. Listen, it's the easy, y'all know this to be true, it's the easiest thing to do to do the wrong thing. It's real easy to do the wrong thing. It's real easy to live an ungodly life. Just just live life. Just live your life, and you're going to be ungodly and full of sin and wicked and awful. You just live your regular life and it just comes out of you. Amen. It's real easy to do the wrong thing. It's real easy to live the wrong kind of life. It's the hardest thing in the world to live the right kind of life. Yeah. To do the things that you know the Lord is trying to do through you. Love your enemies. You know I've got enemies. Y'all might not know them. They're not in this church right now. Praise the Lord. But I've got enemies. You know what's the hardest thing in the morning to get up and to pray for my enemies? But I know that's what the Lord wants me to do. It's not easy. You don't know how bad I don't want to say, Lord, not if you could have them have them have a wreck today, Lord. You know, and it, just have them go off and oh yeah, I'd, and make, but Lord, can I please be there to watch? You know. <laughs> Amen. That's that's how we are, right? Amen. That's how that's how we think. We like you know I want them to the car I want the tire to fall off the car while they're driving I want of course be right behind them and watch them and laugh as they go off the road Oh brother there's a lot of things you don't know about me That's an easy thing to think that's an easy way to be But God wants us not to be that way He's making He's authoring something different in me and and people are reading me and I need to have a, a kind of heart like He has and to pray for my enemies and to love my enemies and man that's really hard. Oh, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, my enemy's uh, some Arabian Muslim over in Iraq. You know, it's real. Oh, Saddam Hussein is my enemy. It's real easy to say that. But he never told us that our enemies were going to be part of our family. Amen. I know I'm going to a lot of family right here, but sometimes your enemies, some of your family. Or <laughs> your best, used to, be, used to be your best friend. <clears throat> Every book's got a cover. And you do judge a book by its cover, though, right? You can't help it. It, it's, it's, it is what it is. And you look at a book, if you, if you, if you pick up a book, and I, I go, I look, when we go to garage sales or wherever we might go, I love half-price bookstores. But you go into a bookstore, I'll look through books, and there'll be books in boxes, and I flip through them, and I, can, I don't have to look at the back of the book and read the description. I already know what the book's about by looking at the cover, right? If I see a book and I see this guy and he's got a shirt off and he's ripped up like Fabio and has long hair and he's holding some woman like this and she's like, oh, well, that's a romance novel, amen. I mean, it's a... Or I see some guy with two... Shooting, and he's got a cowboy hat and he's shooting guns. There's a Western. It's real easy to judge a book when you see its cover. And that's the problem with Christianity today is our cover looks like everybody else's covers. We, we are looking more like the world, and the world's looking more like us. It's amazing to me how the world's looking more churchy, and the church is looking more worldly. You can go to some churches, and you can't tell if you went to a rock and roll concert or a church gathering. Amen. Amen. And you can go to some churches, and you can't tell if this is like a gathering. What it, I've, been to, I've been to social gatherings that they t- conduct it like a church service. It's, there's, the only thing's missing is a prayer. And I've been to churches that it's just like a rally. There's no preaching. There's no Bible open. It's amazing. The church is looking more worldly, and the world is looking more churchy. It's scaring me. And you see, I mean, some of the most ungodly people, I've seen them on TV say, will you be blessed, you'll be in my thoughts. And they're trying to act churchy. That's that's us. Stop trying to act like us. You're not us. We're Christians. Stop trying to act like, stop trying to be self-righteous and try to act like you're you're not a Christian. Amen. And and that drives me completely up the wall bonkers when somebody says you'll be in my thoughts. Amen. What 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 difference will it make if I'm in your thoughts? Are you God or something? Your thoughts are so pr- No, I want you to won't you pray for me, amen? amen. Thought, your thoughts don't do anything but your prayers to God cuz God's the one who can do something for me. That's what's going to change something in my life. When you pray to God and say, God, look at Keegan, he's sorry, no good. Would you do something for him? Will you help him out? That's the kind of prayer I appreciate. But you walking around thinking about me, that's not going to help me out one bit. But that's the way the world talks, see. And I hear more and more Christians, they talk like the world. Well, you'll be in our thoughts. I don't want you in my thoughts. I want you to pray for me. I know it's kind of getting quiet in here a little bit about this stuff, but we're, we're a living book. People are reading us. People are watching us. I used to, uh, well, at work, there was a young girl that was working there at work. And she was working in the utility department. And we'd all had to gather around the ice machine to get ice. And one morning, we get up there at 6.30 in the morning. we get going around 7. And this young woman's there. And she looked at me one morning. And she says, why are you always smiles and sunshine? Why are you always smiles and sunshine? You know why? It's because of Jesus Christ. That's what I had to tell her. It's Jesus Christ. See, she's seeing the cover, and what she's seeing is she, see, she is seeing the joy that I have walking with Jesus Christ. <laughs> see, I probably was praying real good that morning, and had a good, good, had a good, did a good job of reading my Bible that morning, and I had been cleansed with the Bible, and I did a good job getting close to the Lord. And I got to work, and I had a smile on my face. But there's sometimes I go in the morning, and people are kind of walking the other way, like, oh, because you know it's one like, you know, I'm ready to kill somebody. I haven't been with the Lord like I should be. They're judging you every morning, and they're reading you every morning, and seeing what you're doing and how you're acting. Christian, they're reading you. You're a living Bible, and your author should be Jesus Christ, and your cover should reflect your walk with Jesus Christ. Your clothes, I see people, I was driving to work, I mean, driving to church this morning, and there was this kid, and some of y'all are not gonna understand it, but these guys over there will. He was wearing this Naruto headband, which is this anime character. He had this Naruto headband and this t shirt that had a marijuana leaf on it. And I was driving, I see him, I'm like, what is that guy? I know he's not walking to church, number one, but what does he represent? You know, you can tell what people represent by the clothes they wear, right? You see a military guy, you go, he's representing the military. You see a guy walking out of Walmart and he's got the leathers on. They, all, all the bikers have to dress the same. If you buy a, buy a motorcycle, you've got to dress like you're riding a motorcycle, right? You can't just wear shorts. Brother Roel, he's the only one I see. He gets just a t shirt on and gets on his motorcycle. Boom, 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 boom. He just takes off. I don't ever see him come out and he's got the headband on. And You've got you know, you, you to dress what you're representing. We need to be dressing like we're representing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That means no yoga pants. That's what I just mess around. That's just a little that's just a little that's just a little jab. Every book So I'm already getting everybody stirred up by saying that. Just one little word. Every book has a section. Every book belongs in a section, amen. If you go to a bookstore You go to this bookstore, there's a romance section. There's a western section. They put all the books that that deal with fantasy and science fiction, they put them in there. So the question I have for you this morning, as a living book, what section do you belong in? Or do you belong like in the uh, western section because your life is like the Wild West? Or maybe you belong in a fantasy section because your life, your life you're living is nothing but living in a fantasy world. Guys, if they were to pick you up and say, what section does this book belong in? They should say, this section belongs in the spiritual section because it's obvious that they're living a spiritual life. Amen. We should put them in the spiritual section. It's like the old saying goes, if they were to arrest you for being a Christian, would they have enough evidence to convict you? Yep. Amen. I think they would, Brother Raymond. Some a lot. If, if you know Brother Raymond, somewhat they'd be able to convict you, brother. Somewhat. Amen. Would they say, yeah, I see them, uh, I've seen them carrying a Bible around. I've seen them every Sunday morning. They're, they get up and go, and they got real nice clothes on. I know they're going to a church somewhere. They obviously are a Christian. Or would your neighbors have a hard time convicting you on, on a trial for being a Christian? No. Amen. You better think about that kind of stuff. Because they're reading you. They're reading you. You need to live your life... Like, so there'll be no doubt what section you belong in. Don't let the world doubt if you're a Christian or not. Amen. Don't let the world doubt. Don't let your loved ones doubt. Don't let your, your, uh, any of your relatives doubt. Let them all know. Beyond, they might not agree with you. You might be the black sheep of the family. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, they should know. My friend, my uncle, my aunt, my grandmother, my granddad, my brother, my They are a Christian. I know they live a Christian life. Let, let there be no doubt. Let there be no doubt. Look at verse 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. A book is written to be read. So if Jesus Christ is writing your life, and he's writing an epistle in your life, he's wanting other people to read it. Amen. He's wanting other people in your life to read your epistle. He's wanting people to read you. And you're being read, guys, and I've said it over and over again this morning. You're known and read of all men. You might not like it. You might not understand it. You might not realize it. But people are reading you every day. And as soon as they find out you're a Christian, you know what they do? They put you under a microscope. And there's lots of things that they would let all their, everybody else get away with. They would never let you get away with. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting. As soon as you mess up, see, I knew he was a hypocrite. I knew she was a hypocrite. <laughs> and they judge us that way. Because they're reading us. And they're reading us. But God is writing this book. And Jesus Christ is writing this book. And it's a book to be read. Every book should be read. There's people who will never crack open this Bible. But they'll read you. Amen. Yes, they will. They will read you. You know, when we go into the prison uh, unit there and Hughes unit and all those prisoners around, I try to carry myself like a Christian and I try to carry myself because I know when you walk in there and you've got 50 men in there and they've been sitting in there, you can feel every one of their eyes are on you. And you better act a certain way. You better conduct yourself a certain way. And you better make sure you're not laughing at certain things. You better conduct yourself because they're reading you and it puts it put it really does put uh, you self-conscious about it because you know that they're reading you and you know these guys there's some of these guys as soon as they read something wrong about me they're just shut down they won't have anything to do with me but if i can if i can t- conduct myself and do a, d- and conduct myself as a christian they'll be more open because there's there a lot of those guys they're not going to crack open this bible a lot of christians in here are not cracking open their bibles amen, amen. There, y'all need to be cracking open this bible And if they're not cracking open the Bible, then how are they finding out about Jesus Christ? You. They're finding out about Jesus Christ through you. And they're waiting for you to show them Jesus Christ. You should be different. You shouldn't be like a romance novel or a western novel or a horror novel or a fantasy novel. Friends, you should be different than the world. You should be a different read. You shouldn't be the same read. You should be different, but not difficult. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. Just keep your finger here if you want to, but turn to 1 John chapter. I'm going to show you something. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to defend my King James Bible for a little bit. I'm going to show you something a little bit, because we should be different, but not difficult. You should be different, but not difficult. What do you mean by that, Brother Keegan, Well, I'm about to show you? Because there's a lot of people who, they open up a King James Bible, or they have a King James Bible, and they say, Well, Brother Keegan, it's, it's difficult. Well, and I try to tell them, it's not difficult, it's just different. It's a different, it's different, guys. And that doesn't mean it's difficult, but it is different, right? Things are different, but not difficult. And that's what you need to be. You need to be somebody who's different, but not difficult. I'm not difficult. I'm not a difficult guy to get or be around. I can put up with people cussing around me and drinking. I put up with a lot of nonsense. I'm not difficult that way, but I'm different. I don't cuss and I don't drink and I don't act that way. And I want them to say, hey, I'm over here doing this, but he's different. I want, him to, I want them to say, he's different. Not that I'm more better than they are or that I'm self-righteous. I just want them to know he, I'm living a different life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. Now, the, what I mean by different... Different, but not difficult, is the King James Bible is different. He that hath, see that word hath. That's different. (laughs) Nobody says that anymore. Amen. Nobody says hath, hath. But that's the word for have. But nobody says hath. So that's different. But that's not difficult. You can understand the context of what hath is, right? It's different, but not difficult. Everybody under here. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice. They understand what the word hath is. Yes or no? Yes. Amen. I know what hath is. That means have. He that hath the Son. That means have, right? You see the context? Every word in this this verse is one syllable. He that hath the Son hath life. If you hath the Son of God, you have life. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's different, but it's not difficult. It doesn't get any more easier than that. That's why on, on the Kincaid reading level, the King James Bible beats them all out. And the way it beats them all out on the reading level is it's, this Bible's full of one-syllable words. That whole verse is one syllable. He that hath the Son hath life, praise the Lord. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Real easy to understand. You either have it or you don't. Do you have it? Do you have Jesus Christ this morning? Don't leave these doors without Jesus Christ. Don't leave these doors without Jesus Christ. If you leave these doors without Jesus Christ, the world is writing your story. And it's not going to be a good ending. That's one thing I don't like about these new movies. Uh, As the world has gotten more wicked, have you noticed all the movies end real bad? A lot of them end bad. They don't know how to end a movie. It's always got to be sad and depressing and somebody's dead and somebody's dying. It's always sad and depressing and God's stories are never that way. They might be God's stories. There's drama and there's all kinds of things that happen and you might go through a trial in your life. But we know how it ends. It always ends right, man. It always ends right. Look at Psalms chapter 90. I'm going to close here in Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. You're a living, walking book, and the world is reading you. And other people are reading you. The whole world is reading you. Psalms chapter 90, verse 9. We'll be at verse 9. So if if you're a good book, every good book for me, and I believe this to be true, everybody I think will will agree with this, every good book's got to have action. Action, right? Action. You don't, nobody, nobody says, oh, I read the best book today. It was a technical manual on how engines work and the combustion. Nobody says that, right? No, It's a, a good book's got drama. You've got, you don't know what's going to happen, but then it pulls out in the end. There's all kinds of acts in a good book. But nobody, everybody agrees that a technical book is boring. So every good book has got to have action. And if you're a Christian, guys, you know what that means? You need to, be some, need to be in action. James chapter 1 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. We need to stop listening to what God has to say out of the Bible. We need to start living it. We need to start living what God tells us to live. We need to live it instead of listening about it and talking about it. That's what I love about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He wasn't just a talker. He was a walker. He didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. He was a real man. And that's what we need to be as Christians. We need to know that people are reading us as a living, walking book. And we need to be living our life and walking and living it and be full of some action. Don't just be talking about going to church. Go to church. Go to church. Don't just be talking about praising Jesus Christ. Praise Jesus Christ. You know, we get in here and we sing praises to Jesus Christ, and we sing songs to Jesus Christ, and we amen about the preacher mentioning Jesus Christ, and then we leave those doors and don't mention Jesus Christ the rest of the week. Uh, That's not right. You should be talking about Jesus Christ as much as you talk about Jesus Christ in here. Oh man, the devil loves that the devil loves for you to come in here and sing praises and oh man he loves it and he loves it when you leave it at those doors and he'll let you be a Christian all you want to inside these doors and inside these walls but man as soon as you be a Christian and live your Christian life outside of those doors man that's when you're going to get it that's why you're not doing it because you're embarrassed of Jesus Christ you're not doing it because you're afraid somebody's going to mock you, make fun of you, or god forbid, he's a, or she's a religious fanatic. They're a fool. Well, I've been a fool but for drinking. <laughs> I've been a fool for a lot of things in my life. So for once I'm going to be a fool for Jesus Christ. They've called me a fanatic for drinking, they call me a fanatic for partying, they call me a fanatic for womanizing or whatever it be. Now I'm going to be called a fanatic for Jesus Christ. And you know what I think I'll like that. I think I like that. I think I like somebody to say, you know, he's crazy. And he, Well, how's he crazy? He's crazy about Jesus Christ. Every time he comes around, he talks about Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Guys, what you need to do is you need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, you know why I say that? Because y'all remember when you first fell in love? Remember how you drove your friends crazy because you couldn't talk about that one you just met? Oh, he's so wonderful, and oh, he's just dreamy, and oh, he said this, and oh, he's so funny, and, and then you drove your friends crazy. Are you, are you, oh, she's so beautiful, and, she's so, and you drove your friends crazy because you could not keep your big mouth shut about this one. You, Oh, you're so puppy dog in love, and you drove your friends crazy. If you were a puppy dog in love with Jesus Christ, you'd be doing the same thing about him. Yeah, you'd be talking about him all the time, but you don't. We don't. We're, we're, we're ashamed of him or something. I don't know what, what the... We, we need to be more fanatical for Jesus Christ. <laughs> they want to call us a fanatic. Okay, well, I'll be a fanatic. I'm going to talk about Jesus Christ every chance I get and talk about him. Now, you don't, you don't want to drive somebody crazy where they're punching you in the face, Amen. <laughs> Don't be like be like that guy that was witnessing. He was saying, "You need Jesus Christ He's talking to this plumber," and this plumber was trying to work underneath the thing. And he was over there and he said, "You need Jesus Christ, and you need to receive Jesus Christ." And that plumber said, "I've had enough of you. Better leave me alone." And that guy says, "You need Jesus Christ more." And that plumber just got up and took that wrench and bam hit that guy right in the head. You know? Almost killed him. So you're on your own when it comes to that kind of stuff. Use some common sense, amen? We're, not, we're talking about common sense. But I would love to know, and I wish God could show us and have his recording angel here and said, okay, here's from last week, and uh, uh, stand up, uh, Brother Keegan. And K- Brother Keegan, here's all the times you mentioned Jesus Christ during the week. And I sure hope he has to turn a couple of pages. <laughs> or would he be going, well, I don't see nothing on here, Lord. He didn't mention you one time. Oh, Sunday. Oh, he was mentioning you here Sunday at church, but then after he left church, not one time. (coughs) Psalm chapter 90, verse 9. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. Talking about God. But look, we spend our years as a tale that is told. God loves to tell a good story. And he wants to tell a good story in your life. He's telling a good story with this lady right here. Sister Colleen, he's telling a wonderful story. And there's a lot of people reading it, sister. There's a lot of people reading that story right now. A lot of people. And the Lord loves to tell a good story, and he wants to tell a good story in your life. And i got a question for you. Are you letting God tell the story, or are you letting the world tell your story? You better let God tell your story. He wants to tell a good story. Look at verse 10, and we'll close. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That's 70. And if by reason of strength, they'd be fourscore years. That'd be 80. 70 to 80 years is what the Lord pretty much tells you you're going to make it. 70 or 80 years. You look, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. That's what life's about, labor and sorrow. That's what the world's all about. The world's all about trying to entertain you and trying to keep you happy through the labor and sorrow of the world. But see, I found a different way. I found it in Jesus Christ, See? I found my joy and my happiness in Jesus Christ. And there's a lot more. I've been on this other side. I'm talking from experience. I've been where I was laboring and sorrowing with the world. And they tried to entertain me through drinking and partying and sex and drugs and all that kind of... I've been right there. And I was very incomplete. And I was depressed and unhappy. But I've been now. I'm on the side where I'm finding all my joy and peace through Jesus Christ. And man, it's so much better over here. I've never woke up after a good revival. And been puking over a toilet. Like I have when I was drinking. I never woke up after a good church revival and wake up in my driveway and go, How'd I get here? Some of y'all drunks have done that, right? Woke up I'm like, well, how'd I get here? Oh, well, who is this? <laughs> you know. Telling the truth. I'm just being plain and telling the truth. Amen. I've never been at a bar where one hour into the bar, somebody stand up, man. When are we gonna get out of here? When is this ever gonna end? But I've been at the bars when they start turning on the lights. Oh no, don't no, let's not shut this down. You get into church and 40 minutes into church, people looking at their watch. When is this ever gonna end? Oh, I can't sit in church for, for an hour, preacher. I just can't sit there for an hour. I can't sit there. And then you'll find them there at the movies for two and a half hours watching a movie. You don't think God's going to judge us on some of this stuff? Yes, sir, He will. Look at verse 10. Yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, but look, for it is soon cut off, and it is, life is short, and we fly away. (laughs) Uh, Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yeah. Paul said, my departure, Timothy, my departure is at hand. Sounds like an airport, doesn't it? Your departure is at 720. And he says, and I'm going to be out of here. See, I'm trying to show you, Christian, that if you'll let God write your life and let Jesus Christ write your book, that you're going to have a happy ending. I can't tell you how you're going to wind up on your bed of affliction. I don't know how you're going to take your last breath, but I know in the end it ends with a happy ending Happily ever after in heaven with Jesus Christ. It's a happily ever after ending. It's promised to every Christian. It's right there in the book. It's all through the book. It's a happily ever after eternity. We're talking about everlasting life, eternal life with Jesus Christ. And when that time when I was 17 years old and I walked down the aisle and I received Jesus Christ as my, my Lord and Savior, that's when God put a stamp and said, this story's gonna end good. Now, from here to here, I don't know how it's going to be. There might be trials and tribulations. There might be storms. There might be all kinds of problems. But I know how it's going to end now. And it's going to end in heaven with an everlasting life. Praise the Lord for that. Now, as I'm living this life, trying to get to the end, I'm trying to let the Lord write a good story in my life. And I'm trying to be a good cover where people see me and say, You know, I don't know what it is, but I want what He has. And I can tell them, you know what I have? It's Jesus Christ. It isn't a happy pill. It isn't some kind of drug. It's Jesus Christ. That's where I'm happy. That's where my joy comes from. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not going to be a happy ending. And I don't want to be, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you were here in Sunday school, you heard it, man. It was not good. The Bible's real plain about it the wrath of God abideth on you. You don't want the wrath of God abiding on you. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll know that I am a sinner. And the Bible says if you're willing to repent, if you're willing to admit that you're a sinner. In other words, you're willing to say, you know what? I've done some things wrong in my life. And it don't have to be murder. It don't have to be adultery. It just can be something you can admit that you've been a sinner. You've done some things wrong in your life. If you're willing to do that and say, you know what? I deserve a devil's hell. Now, that's hard to do. And some of y'all say, well, I I haven't been that bad. If you'll take your life and judge it against the life of Jesus Christ, you'll see how inadequate you are. But if you're willing to do that and say, you know, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross of Calvary." And I believe in my heart that he was put in a grave and he was dead. But on the third day, he rose again. If you believe in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what I mean mean by that is when I say that you're calling on Jesus Christ to save you, it's not like you're praying to Muhammad or Allah or to Buddha or to some other god in the sky that can't hear you. You're praying to Jesus Christ that's alive right now. can listen to what I'm saying right now. When you believe in the death and the burial and of course the most important one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you with childlike faith say, Lord, I don't understand everything but I know that your book says you'll save me. Lord, will you save me? The Bible says he'll do it. And he'll never cast you away and you'll come in and now your, your stamp has been put at the end of that book happily ever after. And that's what you have as a Christian. And the Bible says once you do that, he'll come in and start living in you, and he's going to start trying to tell a good story. And you're probably going to fight him. We all do. We all fight the Lord about it because we don't want to do. You think I told the Lord, oh, please, Lord, send me to Indian Gap, please. When I got got called out here, Brother Tuck took me out here. He took me all the way out to Comanche. Come around this way. Come out here. He made a a 40-minute drive like an hour and 15 minutes. And then I get out here, and I see this old church, and I'm supposed to be filling in one week. And we get out here, and we, we get through, I get through preaching for him, and he goes, well, I'll give you a B on that one. He was grading my sermons. <laughs> Will you come out here next week? Well, I don't know, Brother Tut. Well, well, come on out here next week, so I come out here. I never begged God to come out here. I never knew God what God was going to do in my life, but I, here, here's, the, here's the truth, though. I said, Lord... I love you, and I want to do what you want me to do. And the Lord says, okay. <laughs> I've got a story to tell with you. So he took this old, ball-headed trash man and put him out here at Indian Gap, and 12 years later, glory to God, he's getting the praise that all these all the missionaries were supporting. All the, the work we're doing with, for the Lord through the radio ministry, through the internet ministry, through the newspaper ministry, all the things the Lord's doing through us we're letting the Lord tell a story. And we could have said, nope, that's not my story. My story is I'm going to go and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go and do that. To me, the perfect example of that is Elvis Presley. When you look at Elvis Presley, that man had one of the most amazing God-given voices and talent. He loved the Lord and he loved gospel music. But there was a time in his life, there was a crossroads where God says, I'm going I'm to do something with you that I could change the world with you. And Elvis Presley said, no, I want to do this for me. And he gave his heart to the world. And he ended up dying in the world. And God could have done so much with him. I have a friend that went to hear him live and said it was the most amazing thing he'd ever heard in his life. So said the whole building came alive when he started singing. It was like something spiritual, he said. That's God. God gives us that kind of talent. Some of y'all have that kind of talent. God's given you in in all kinds of different ways. And God could tell one of the most amazing things stories with your life. And you're not letting him. And it's a shame. And maybe you're sitting in the fantasy section right now, living in a fantasy world. You're not going to tell, have a good story. And the Lord's not going to be able to tell a good story. But praise the Lord, at least you're still saved. At least, at, at least we know you're going to have a happy ending. It's just the rest of the book's not going to be worth reading. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord... Thank you, Lord, for loving us and taking care of us, Father. And, Lord, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord, as we give the invitation, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come in and speak to the heart the truth. They'll come on down the aisle and get saved, Lord God. Father, I just pray that this will be the day of salvation, Lord, that you'll move, Lord, that you'll work in our lives, Lord, to help us to live a life, Lord, that you can tell a story through it and that, you, that people will read us, Lord God, and they'll see the spiritual life, to see the spiritual, Lord, side of what you're doing in our life, Father. And, Father, thank you that you love us enough to want to do something in our life. We're just sorry no good, Father. We don't deserve any of this, Lord. But you're so wonderful and you're so loving and kind that you're willing to do that for us. And we thank you, Father. And, Lord, above all else, Father, thank you for allowing us to just to call you Father. The creator of the universe, allowing us to call you Father. Lord, we thank you for that. And, Father, I ask you to go with these people, Lord God, and bless every soul that's here this morning. And I'm praying this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to have an invitation for salvation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, this is a chance to make that decision. We're not trying to get you down here to join the church or to get baptized. We're trying to get you down here, and give you an opportunity to get saved. I don't know if you, I don't know if some of y'all in here, if you've ever received Jesus Christ or not. But don't leave those doors. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. None of us do. None of us do. But you can know what tomorrow brings if you leave those doors with faith in Jesus Christ. Let's all stand together. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did and I've never been the same and this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at indiangapbaptist.com until next time Casting all your care upon him